Good morning, everybody. Good morning, morning. Great. Well, it's good to see you. Um, hope you had a great Christmas and a happy new year. Um, it's good to be back. Like Jonathan started, it's been a little while since we last met. Um, well done to those who braved New Year's walk. It was great to meet up with a few of you. I know many people just chatting before we started. A lot of people meeting up with um, family, both local and in other places as well. Got some visitors. Welcome. It's good to see you again. Good to have you with us. Um, what we're going to do this morning is we're going to just focus on um, thankfulness. It's something I really felt we could easily just get into. Like, oh, we've got a great vision for the next decade. Wouldn't it be amazing? Yeah, let's go, go, go. And um, God's told us to be a bit more like a barge than a speedboat. Um, and so barges, I don't know if you've ever been on a barge in holiday, but every now and then they pull over um, and you get to play games, go for a little walk, have a stroll, have a chat. Um, go at the pub. Yeah, I'm with Chris. Go at the pub. Um, but it, it's meant to be a leisurely journey. And, and it's not about, right, we're going to get to here. It's actually about how you get there is kind of more important than actually where you end up getting. The journey is the the adventure. It's not about the destination. Now, for us as believers, obviously, we're caught up with the destination. Just sort of thinking this morning, um, I was really struck. I was going to pray out, and I thought, that's no, actually about what we're going to talk. I want you to think of your story. I want you to think of your life and how long or how short that story may be. Now, we've got like little Esther. Her story really has just begun. Um, where there are others of us in the room, I won't kind of do a shout out. Who's the oldest in the room? Um, you know, but we're getting a few grey hairs, stuff like that. I'm, I'm already starting to, I've gone 40 now, and, um, and I'm feeling 40. You're like, more 40 than 40, yeah, yeah. Um, but things aren't working how they used to. I go for a run, and it takes, like yesterday, I went for a run with Lewis. I literally had to leave before he left to quickly try and get a head start, and he, and he still caught me in like two minutes, and there's my belly wobbling around, my new Santa belly. And um, it was just not fun. And I'm like, oh, I'm not as fit as I used to be. And then this morning, all oh, my legs ache. Like they never used to ache. And it's, it's all a bit, you, you, th- things don't stay as they were, do they? Life's always changing. Sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. But there's this whole thing of your story. Um, and I don't know about you. Like we're, I'm going to give an example from our life. Like at the moment, you'll know we're moving house. And, and within your story, you're going to have like moments of great celebration where you're on a mountaintop. Um, think of, like, I don't know, um, your first love, or um, it, which hopefully is your current love if you're married. <laughs> but, um, you know, that, that great, t- t- the, the, fir- the first romantic look across the room when you were like, I oh, know, this is it, you know, or, or those, or the, or the <laughs> don't laugh in front of your wife. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, the, or, or more tragically, those great troughs in life, like bereavement or loss. Um, horrible stuff. Like I was thinking about my sister. My sister was 10 years older than me uh, about seven, eight years ago. She tragically died Christmas Eve, unexpected brain hemorrhage, like, uh, well, stroke, um, overnight, dead within 24 hours, literally was there when our family made the decision to turn the machine off. Um, wow. Just like those great troughs in life. And you're like, wow, Jesus, how do I celebrate you tomorrow? <laughs> you know, wow, this is crazy. Um, but yet the story of life goes on. It doesn't stop there, does it? Like, as, like a film might stop. I don't know if you've seen the new Star Wars film. I won't give you any, won't give you any spoilers if you've not seen it yet. Um, don't go on Facebook because it's full of spoilers, I've noticed. Um, 
But there, there are moments of, of great loss and moments of great joy. And usually on a film, they always finish on the moment of great joy, don't they? But our story's not like that. It carries on. Like we're a bit like in Psalm 23. We go through the valley of the shadow of death, and then we go through these moments where we're in green pastures. And the shepherd, the good shepherd, and we preached this a, a few months ago, he's just journeying us through highs and lows all the time. And the point of it is, is it's not about the, the destination. It's not about where you find yourself, but it's actually about the fact that you are a sheep and you, you've got this good shepherd who's with you all the way through the journey. All the way through, from the very start to the very finish, and then even beyond the story that we're writing right now, or that's already being written. That, that's amazing. And the thing is, is whether we're in, in the presence of our enemies, actually we can know the peace of having a table prepared for us in that very presence of our enemies, that we can sit down and we can sup with the shepherd. We can literally, like we're doing now, we can have cake and, I don't know what's going to be on his, I hope it's not more cake. Like I've, I've had enough cake. Uh, yesterday I actually said no to an Oreo yoghurt. So I was like, my, my belly was like, yes. And I was like, no, no Oreo yoghurt. But Jesus has prepared for us in the presence of, last year. just forget, I knew I'd lose you at that point. Everyone's thinking of Oreo yoghurt. Um, but Jesus has prepared a table for us. And then when we're in the green pastures, it's like the green pasture is enough in itself. We just sort of go after the grass. You know, there's all these things that, you know, like, and it's easy to forget the shepherd. Whereas when you're in a, a dark place, you need him. You need that protection. You need his rod and his staff. And I'm not, so I'm not going to redo that sermon, but there's this thing of our story. And then we can get so caught up with our story. Like I've, I've digressed a bit, but we're moving house at the moment. We had this little thing. I'd shared it with a few people, particularly Adam and Jonathan, that, that there was a situation that came up, all to do with things that we needed to have in place for the bank to lend us the money to get the house. We'd already exchanged contracts, thought everything was done, and then I had this wonderful email. You know like when someone's in a, working in an office, the last thing they do before they leave the office for the holidays is they just quickly, oh yeah, I'm just going, just sort this out and then I'll catch it when I get back. Well, I had one of those emails that was asking us to get some paperwork in place that I thought was already done. Um, and it wasn't, and it was quite a big deal, um, and we couldn't get it sorted out, and it was all over New Year's Eve, uh, and I was like, oh no, this is potentially going to cost us being out to complete, which is going to cost us 10%, which is 330,000, I just started to have a real panic, and um, made a lot of phone calls, caused more panic, because it was just like, this is quite grave, um, the time frames don't work, and then we just prayed about it, we, we were praying like mad as a family, but um, invited these guys to pray as well, and then literally, like the 2nd of January, First thing, half eight, email in, like, yeah, you're all sorted, it's good. Sent that off to the mortgage company, all, all sorted. But for me, in our story of life, that, that, that was the end of the story. You know, I was like, man, my life is stuffed now. What on earth are we going to... I'm going to have to sell my van, going to have to do all this. That's, that is like chopping off an arm, you know. But, no, but there's all this stuff where you're thinking, wow, what have I done? I've just ruined our story. Not just my story, but our kids' story. We are going to be destitute for for years while we try and recover this insurmountable amount of money that we just haven't got. Um, and the amazing thing is, is when we hook our story, which is so small and tiny, when you think about everything we've been singing, there's this other great big story, his story that started even before creation began, of this perfect trinity and perfect community, Father, Son and Spirit, who've always existed. It's crazy, isn't it? Jesus existed before the little baby existed. The word was made flesh. He existed. He spoke creation into being right there in the beautiful narrative of Genesis 1. Literally, he spoke life into darkness. And light came. And the world came. And plants came. And we came. And our story hooks into that great big story. And I'm, so for me, I'm, like, I'm, there, I'm there like our, our life's finished. 
But then as soon as you start to think, wow, actually, no, no, my, even if it is finished, you know, even if it was, you know, imagine that was it. Actually, there's, there's this other thing, there's this hope, the living hope that we just prayed about and sung about, is there's this massive sort of narrative, this great big story that our little stories hook into, and it makes sense of everything. And thankfulness is a huge key to us getting that, because it stops us thinking about how rubbish our life is, how terrible it is. Like, I don't know about you, I have, I have multiple conversations with myself, let alone with other people, about the fact that my family's dysfunctional. Not, not you guys, you're perfect. <laughs> but, but no, I, I've come from a very broken, dysfunctional family. My story has, didn't have a great start. Everyone I knew had had different relations. I've got like nephews and nieces coming out of my ears and I that can't even keep up with who's the father of which one. It's just crazy. And, and so even my own like, intimate story, there's all these things that I've done to other people or other people have done to me that you think, actually, I don't want to read that. I hate that story. Can I pick up another book? Can I rewrite it? You know, and, and we look at our family, particularly at Christmas, and we think, oh, life's got to be perfect. And we look at everyone else and we see their Facebook, their highlight reel, and we think, oh, it's amazing. And then you look at your own story and you think, oh, it's a bit rubbish, isn't it? <laughs> and, and, and so the reality is, is as we, we can fall into unthankfulness, what we haven't got. You know, people talk about is your, your glass half full or half empty. And we can very quickly get to the half empty. Whereas actually when we read in the Psalms, we, our cup should be overflowing. Like a tree planted by a stream of living water that's flourishing and thriving. And our story hooks into this great big story of life, of hope. And that actually, it's, it's not about what we have around us or what we actually have, like the things that we acquire, the people we have in our lives, as great as we are to one another. And I do think there is something special about community because God in himself is community, that Father, Spirit, Son that we were speaking about, living perfect community. But there's something about the very foundation of our story almost, like it doesn't even have to be the opening chapter, which is interesting. But that the foundation of this story, where it all kind of finds its grounding, is on the cornerstone who is Jesus. And so, knowing most of you in the room, I know for many of you, that is the foundation of your story. Jesus Christ, he is your living hope. And so our story isn't defined by our circumstances. Like there's this amazing picture in... Um, I think it's in The Hobbit, where Bilbo Baggins is in this woods and everyone's losing sight of where they are. They're in confusion and it's in this forest and it's a forest of confusion. They get attacked by spiders. It's quite fun when you watch the film. It's a bit creepy and eerie. But then he quickly comes to his senses, climbs up a tree, pops his head through the canopy of this dark sort of woods of confusion and all of a sudden it's sunlight, there's birds flying and he can see where they're meant to be going. And life can be like that. For me, I got stuck in a place where I was like, this is terrible. Like, the hope was being sucked out of me. I know for some of you, like, when, you, when you look at your family, that's what you think. You think, oh, it's just, I wish it was different. Some of you have got a story. What has been written into your nar- narrative is poverty. I've got nothing to my life, and the world dictates that I should have more than I've got. And I hate it. I don't like it, and I can't change it. And what Jesus wants us to do is almost to climb up that tree whilst we're in our confusion and get a perspective of who he is and where we're going. And it's not about here and now. Although we're not, like, this isn't unimportant. Your life isn't unimportant. Jesus loves it. But we can fall into a narrative, particularly if you watch God TV a lot, that your life should just be overflowing with riches and blessing and, and health and life. And, and to some degree, that is true. We should be like trees, like we said, planted in streams of living water that thrive and flourish. 
But that's in the midst of a world that is heavily, it's degraded, it's broken, it doesn't work properly. It's decaying. We are decaying. That's why the knees don't work like they should and the belly's growing quicker than it should and all these other things. And so there's this amazing great big story and the thing that really defines it is our thankfulness. There's a, a prisoner, a little story, a prisoner who he'd been locked up for years in chains. All he knew was in recent memory when I say, well, let's think about our story. Like we could think about the last year, how great or how bad it's been. The last couple of years, well, Hope Church didn't exist two years ago. Wow, I'm really thankful for that. What about the last 10 years? You think, wow, okay, that's a bit of a strip. What's happened over 10 years? And then you think, okay, what about this last decade since the millennium when the whole world was going to end because computers were going to go nutty and planes were going to fall out the sky and nuclear power stations were going to blow up? None of that happened. But what about the last 20 years? What can you be thankful for? What does your story look like? What's the arc look like? For some of you, your story in faith is very short. You might have only become a believer a few weeks ago. For some of you, that might have been a 20, 30, 40 year experience. But the whole thing of thankfulness is actually saying... Like this prisoner did, he was in a... Sorry, I'm bouncing all over the place. There's this prisoner who's been in a prison, he he knows shackles and he knows chains, and his life is defined by that. That prisoner is Paul in the Bible, the Apostle Paul, locked up in prison. But the amazing thing about this prisoner, I don't know about you, but if I was a prisoner and I was stuck in prison for a, a few years, I'm not sure I'd be super thankful, particularly if I was there just for living my life on the foundation of Jesus. I'd, I'd be pretty grumpy about that, I think. That would probably be the big thing, you know, like, if I'm getting upset about a house move, imagine I've lost my life, I've lost my reputation, I've lost my freedom, I've lost my right to meet people and have fun with people, I've lost every liberty that I should be afforded because I've put my faith in Jesus. And Paul says, I have learnt, whether I've got a lot or whether I've got a little, when I'm even in prison, I've learnt to be thankful, I've learnt to have joy. Even in my suffering. So we start to learn that suffering actually is a, isn't the thing that defines us. Because suffering is in the valley. And the shepherd's always walking us through the valley and the green pastures. So there's all this stuff that's going on. Our life isn't defined by the... We can just pray stuff away sometimes, can't we? We're not defined by our situations. And as soon as we let them, we lose in sight of the joy. Joy is our response to life. We either choose to be thankful and rejoice in life. Or we choose to grumble and suffer in life. We get to choose... It's our choice. And if we let the, the, the situation that we're in right now choose it for us, it will choose grumbling and it will choose suffering. We've all got to suffer. Well, that's a terrible thing to say, but this side of eternity, we're going to suffer. We're going to have the poor with us. Jesus promised us that. It's a promise from God. You will have the poor. That doesn't mean we just, oh, well, we're always going to have the poor. That means we fight poverty and injustice as hard as we can. We spend ourselves to try and combat the devil that is around us. But we're also aware that actually there is brokenness around us and it's so incredibly huge. But we know the one who has overcome that brokenness. That's all we've really got to give to people. That's what I love about when there's a couple of disciples who are wandering around and then there's someone they're begging um, and they're like, can you give me some money? Well, gold and silver we've not got, but we can tell you about Jesus. Heaven help us from only trying to help people but not giving them Jesus. We all need to be writing people's broken stories into this whole big story of yes there is suffering in the world we see it most starkly on the cross there is injustice in the world we see it on the cross there is death there is persecution there is like wrongdoing there are accusations and we see it all nailed in front of us on the cross we see Jesus embracing us 
We're embracing it on our behalf so that we can follow him through into glory. So that we can lead resurrection life. And our job really is just to say, my story, as messed up as my story is, is that we can hook it into this bigger story. So when you meet someone, you say, yeah, your life is rubbish. So is mine. I'm not, I'm not going to try and sanitise it. I'm going to, we'll try and pray it away. We will ask God to help you. But actually what Jesus wants us to do is to just press into him like the good shepherd and follow him wherever he's taking us. And some of us will be in green pastures, some of us will be in the valley. But it, the, the main thing is, are we all following Jesus? Or are we all get, getting stuck? Stuck in the darkness of the, of the, of the valley? Or we're just, like I said before, falling in love with the grass because it's so, well, this is a great season in my life. You think of the last 10 years in your life, as we think back over the last 10 years. I'm sure some of you can think of real green pasture moments where you're like, wow, I wish it had just stayed like that. That was perfect. When Cholton got promoted, <laughs> you know, that was last season. And, now, and I was like, yeah, I'll get a season ticket. I want to relive those glory days of when we were in the Premier League. Now we're like two, three points off relegation. Oh, you know, the, the valley and the green pastures, there it is. But we can often pine for what we had. And we look back, whereas actually the very thing we should be pining for is for eternity, is for being in his presence, being with him, with the veil lifted, with no more suffering, no more death, no more tears. It's a future hope. It's a future glory. We can't, like we can live in the good of it now, but don't pine for what was behind you because it's gone. It's gone. And Jesus wants us to look ahead and keep our eyes fixed on him, regardless of whether we're, we're literally trudging through the mud or whether we're walking on the beach. I was going to say something worse than mud then, but whatever your life situation is like, it can feel like that, can't it? We're literally going through it. It's like, this is awful. But it's not about here, it's about there and where we're going. And not losing sight of him, in it. And so I want you to think, oh, we're going to do this on tables initially, and then we'll see how we're doing for time. Um, but I want you to think of the last 10 years of your life. In a couple of weeks, next week, we've got Adam Vogt from Cornerstone who's going to be with us. He's just going to encourage us with some general stuff around church planting. But then the week after, we're going to talk about what we feel like God's calling us into as a church community. We've, we've been here for about 18 months now as a family. Many of you have been here for, for the majority of that journey. And uh, we're really getting a sense of where God is calling us to go. Almost like I was saying, that shepherd's going to lead us through some good times and some bad times. It's been pretty rosy so far, but we've got a sense that Jesus is calling us into some pretty dark places. We've got a sense that he's calling us into spiritual warfare. He wants us to come up against the religious spirit. He wants us to come up against some stuff that's presenting us as being holy when it's actually really unrighteous. And he's wanting us to stand on the truth of who he is publicly. That, that's not going to be a green pasture moment. That's going to be a challenge. It's going to, it's going to be gritty like a war. And I, so I want you to think of the last 10 years of your life. And I want you to think, like, what, actually, what am I really thankful for? Either in God or not. It might be something, actually, I don't know, I got married. Wow, I never thought that would happen. Or it might be, oh, I just got my dream job. Or actually, something terrible happened in my life and it didn't take me out and I found faith in it. Wow, what a story. And so I just want you literally just to take a few minutes on your table and just have a little chat together. What, what are you thankful for? Like for me, the main thing, like we started the last decade off having prophetic words about church planting, about having a family. None of those things existed. And now we look and we've got a family that's completely different than the family we thought we would have. And for our kids, completely different than the family they thought they would have. But yet somehow God knits it all together. We're in a church plant that we could never ever have conceived. We didn't know we were going to come to Sittingbourne three or four years ago. 
10 years ago, life was radically different. I was putting, I won't say which one of the boys it was, I was putting one of the boys to bed on New Year's Eve. And as we prayed, I was like, in 10 years' time, you're going to be 25 or 26. Do you think I'm going to be tucking you into bed then? What, what, what do you think is going to have happened in that time? Wow. Like an unwritten story. But that story, in some ways, God's seen it. He knows it. He knows the choices, the decisions, the good ones, the bad ones. He knows the character that's going to get formed or, or not formed over those years. And there's this, like, there's this precious promise that he's saying, the invitation is you can follow me through it. And not just the next 10, but the next 20, 30, 40, and then into all eternity. So I just want you to think of the last 10 years and talk about those things you can be truly thankful for and give to Jesus and say, I'm so thankful for your presence in my life and the fact that you kept me, even when I felt like I was going under. What a faithful God, what a faithful shepherd. Is that okay? So yeah, just spend a few moments being thankful and then we'll maybe see if anyone wants to share. Um, If not, we'll just wrap up in prayer. Is that okay? Seems like a good way to start the year. And we learn a bit of one another's stories that way as well, which is great. <laughs> one, two. Oh, that's loud, isn't it? Hang on. Two, one, two. There we go. That's better, isn't it? You can hear me? Yeah? Good. Good, good, good. Great. Has everyone had a chance to talk on the tables? I'm sure there's probably one or two tables where just one person's done all the talking. Jerry and Sarah had to suffer me just going on and on and on. (laughs) Just let you finish up on your tables. So it's amazing, really. Like on our table, we were talking about thankfulness, and we were saying, look, life over the last 10 years has had some pretty low moments. But then when you start to recount those positive moments, it kind of does something to your heart. I think that's the thing about thankfulness, is it does say, it like lifts your like, wow, I'm thankful. Because you're looking beyond yourself to say thank you to someone or something. Whereas often, when we just get into mumbling and complaining, we just get fixated, don't we? And that thing becomes the biggest thing. You know, like the, the, the tree becomes the woods, it becomes massive. It's like, wow, this is so engulfing. But as soon as we're thankful, it's like we come beyond that thing and we're sort of like looking for something beyond ourselves. And as Christians, obviously, that's God. We're saying, I'm so thankful for that in my life. Thank you so much that you've done that. And joy starts to come. And so the Israelites were encouraged to, to make like these little memorial stone things. They'd get stones and these stones would represent the things they were thankful for. And they'd literally stack them up. And so on, when they were on a journey, like we're on a journey through life, it's always good. And I think this is one of the things for us as a barge, is it's good to have moments where we pause a bit and we think, right, let's stack up some stones. Like, what are we thankful for right now? Each stone representing something. So it's almost like we're building a monument to God as we come together and we say, look, let's, what can I contribute to what we're building at the moment? So I'm thankful for this. I put in a little brick. Jonathan puts in a brick. Maybe Ruth comes over and sticks one. We're all building something. At the end of it, we stand back and we go, wow, look at what God's done. Isn't that amazing? Now, I love the idea that in 10 years' time, this, this church would still exist. That would be a massive prayer point for us. We know so many church plants that just go under. 
give them two or three years, everyone starts to get a bit bored of one another, uh, the coffee doesn't taste so great, maybe you make a wrong decision on where you're going to meet and half the people say, no, we want to carry on meeting at Costa, so we'll carry on doing that. Gordon, you can go and meet in the cinema if that's where you want to go, but we're going to stay in Costa because the coffee's much better. And then, and then you know, like, we've all experienced like, negatives in life, but actually I'd love to think that in ten years, there'll be some of us in this room still, maybe a bit older, maybe a bit for the boys, a bit bigger and hairier, I don't know. <laughs> I won't be any hairier. This is as good as it gets with our facial hair. But the, in years to come, we will, we'll be here and the, the, hopefully the church will be a bit bigger. Maybe there'll be some other expressions of what we do across the town. Maybe other Sundays, other things in the week, maybe some sort of uh, drop-in centre. There's all these hopes and things that we've got. And you think, what's God going to do over the next 10 years? Like For some of you, I think the stories that you probably shared on your table... You're thinking, wow, I don't, I don't know, I never envisaged that happening and I never envisaged to be where I am right now. It wasn't part of my story, I hadn't written that bit in. But actually I'm really thankful I am where I am right now. And that's amazing. So for me, I'm thinking like in 10 years time, what would, we, what would we love, what would we dare to dream for? God has far exceeded our dreams as a, as a family, as a couple. Like we're incredibly thankful, despite the heavy burden of infertility. Despite, like Natalie wrote a little post on Facebook about it. And when you read it, you're like, oh, you know, it's, it's so heavy. But then we, like, you sit there with our kids, preparing to move house, the way they're all embracing it. Um, you know, life's not easy, but wow, we're so incredibly thankful. God literally puts the lonely in families. God put us. We were incredibly lonely. We, we used to sit in our house in Strood 10 years ago, sitting there of a night time, watching a film, saying it's so quiet. We wish there was some noises and banging upstairs of naughty kids who don't want to go to bed. <laughs> now we've got Lewis. <laughs> Who's not a naughty boy, but literally every night, Lewis, you're banging around, you're slamming the doors. But, he, but, but we love you dearly, you're an incredible boy, but a, a, a growing young man as well. But it's, it's that our God gives us far more than we could have ever asked for, and it's not, it's not all necessarily exact, exactly what you thought it would be. And so, kind of this next year for us is going to be about setting off in a direction, almost imagine us untethering the barge and setting off in a direction not really knowing where we're going to end up. We've got a rough idea. We're going after Jesus. But actually, it's about what God does along the way, which is going to shape us and fashion us. Some of us are going to get sent to other places and we'll never see one another again. Now, that happens. I was just texting Jane this morning. Um, she's in Bournemouth now, or Paul. And um, so, 60, well, no, she's not. She's actually in Egypt. They're on holiday in Egypt celebrating her 60th birthday. I, I tried hard not to shake and grit my teeth when she said, Oh, I'm celebrating my 60th birthday in Egypt. I was like, Oh, good for you. <laughs> While I'm putting my coat on, going to the shed in the freezing cold to get all the stuff in the car for Sunday morning. I'd like to be on a beach in Egypt as well. But, but it's the, the amazing thing God brings people along for a season. Like, Jane was with us for a year, maybe a little bit longer. And what, what a wonderful. Like she's really added a stone in to who we are as a church. In years to come, we will still have that story of their faithfulness, walking through the valley of the shadow of death, very literally. And now we all came alongside and did that. And just seeing the way they did that in dignity and with integrity, just wow, how beautiful is that? It's amazing. And so we're going to, this year, kind of untether the barge and we're going to push it off, knowing that we're going after Jesus and that we're going to all go through some things and that we want to be there for one another and we want to celebrate with one another we want to rejoice with those who rejoice. We want to mourn with those who mourn. And a lot of it's going to be unplanned and unexpected. And the story of Hope Church is, is as much that as, a, as any one of us individually. We're going to go through some incredibly testing times, I believe, over these next few years. Everything's going to get contested and challenged. Because as soon as we start moving in an intentional direction after Jesus, 
the, en the enemy comes against us in that. One, two. Yeah, oh, I'm back on again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ouch, you devil. <laughs> it's not working. And so I could just waffle on and waffle on. You get the idea of what I'm saying, don't you? We don't know where we're going. We don't know where we're ending up. But we know that if we're going after Jesus, it's going to be all right. Whether it's good, whether it's bad, it's going to be all right. There are plans for people to go to Swanage, not Swanage, Swanage. <laughs> I'm terrible with names. It was like that with Tainum, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I've never been there, I don't know how to pr pronounce it. Tenum. Tenum. Not Tainum. It is spelled Tainum. Yeah. It is. And it is pronounced Swanage, not Swanage. <laughs> but there's all these dreams and things that we want to do, and we don't want it to be personal. We just get here on a Sunday and we're disconnected. We really want to journey together as a people of faith. And so if there's anyone at all, we've got a few minutes, we've got car parking to half 11. So if anyone wants to share, maybe if we could have a few, just quickly for a minute or two, something you're incredibly thankful for. You don't need to go into the nitty gritty of on this date and at this time this happened. You can just give us the highlight, a paragraph maybe. It'd be great to hear from everyone if we've got time. Okay.